0: Black True Crime is a podcast that researches and discusses murders committed by black offenders. It is a podcast that everyone and anyone is welcome to enjoy, but it's also a podcast that may not be welcomed by anyone and everyone. So listener discretion is advised. Now without further ado, this is Black True Crime. Hello everyone.
1: Hi guys. What's going on?
0: What is going on? I'm Kayla, your host.
1: And you already know what it is. I'm Kristen.
0: You guys, let me just start with I have a burn on my face from pizza rolls. So let's just <laughs> get into that. If you're on Patreon, you can probably see it. It kind of makes me look I'm look like I'm smiling like the Joker. Like it comes <laughs> over a little bit That's further. Like I have like oh God, it's pissing me off just even looking at myself. So yeah, I look stupid. And I have a headband wig on right now that looks ridiculous. So I have a hood on in this hot ass room. So that's how my <laughs> so day's she's,
1: going. She's going to, eat, <laughs> in other words. And,
0: it, and it's also six thirty AM. We're so is, yeah. So honestly, me, like,
1: yeah, work with her and
0: honestly, I'm just happy that she even showed up. Beach on time. R- basically basically but yeah so let's just get started today's case i feel like is a little bit long but yeah we're just gonna see prepare you guys prepare yourselves all righty let's get started today we are going to discuss a monster a man born in 1924 who chose to spend his life impersonating men of god to feed his own sadistic desires to not only exploit women but abuse them. Today, you will not hear anything about his past that will somehow explain his violent and unforgivable behavior. So prepare yourselves and join us as we discuss the master manipulator turned cult leader named DeVernon LeGrand, aka The Reverend. Mm -mm. Child, I practiced saying his name a hundred times yesterday and I still blammed it up because it (laughs) is the weirdest thing I've ever seen. Well, one of them because we'll get to it.
1: But yeah, his
0: yeah, his name's Divern. I kind of want to call him DL, but that's kind of like a suggestive. I don't know if that's like a degrading, suggestive term, but it's, I want to call him DL because it's easier for me. So, or the Reverend. Let's do the Reverend.
1: I like the Reverend. And not yeah. that his name is that, but I just it no. Feels familiar. He goes by the
0: Reverend. Yeah. <laughs> DeVernon LeGrand was born sometime in 1924 in Larnberg, North Carolina. Kristen, what happened in Black history in 1924? Okay, I just want to say, I just have really become to love
1: these Black history segments. Um, I've learned <laughs> so much to already. love. <laughs> so let's get into it. Picture it, guys. We're in 1924. We are not in the U.S. We're traveling, traveling, traveling all the way to Brazil. So Ooh, we're, we're actually going to take it back a little bit for, before 1924. Let's, let's go to the beginning when okay. slavery was actually abolished in Brazil. And this was during hmm. 1888. I believe it was May 1888, which is 23 years after America had already abolished slavery via the 13th Amendment. Mm. fun fact brazil was the last state country whatever you want to call them nation the last nation (laughs) in the western hemisphere to abolish slavery the last one the last one wow i know like that that made me feel like oh wow like we talk about how america was so bad like what about other countries and what they had to go through slavery
0: girl but who's gonna teach us that not our schools.
1: nobody but the internet Literally. So, okay. So in 1888, slavery was abolished in Brazil. Boom. Now you have a whole bunch of black people because they don't have a lot of money, they have to figure out what they're going to do now. So there's right. a city called Sao Paulo in Brazil, mm. which is where a lot of black people communed there. They were actually mm-hmm. starting to have a little fun. They were joining organizations to play soccer, to dance, things like that, and Mhm. Two people, one of them was a poet. Their names are very hard, so just forgive me. <laughs> but in 1924, two people co founded this newspaper called. Dun, 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 dun. O Clarín de Alvarada. You guys, I am not Portuguese. O Clarín so de. I don't speak so. Portuguese. Um, that's how you know I'm not Brazilian because you said say I'm not Portuguese that's a whole language I don't speak Portuguese
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh that's what you said I thought you said you didn't speak it I, I didn't no I that. said I'm
1: not Portuguese first Okay, but the mm. newspaper was called O Clarim de Alvarada aka Clarion of Dawn this mm. newspaper was co-founded by two young gentlemen Jaime Jaime de Aguiar who was a young mm. aspiring poet And Jose Correia Lete. Both (laughs) were in their early 20s, and they wanted to create a newspaper that basically could highlight the things that were going on in the Black community as well as social injustices that were still happening to the Black community. This was huge in 1924. Are you kidding me? Like, having this was one of the first Black newspapers in Brazil, period. Wow. Yes, the paper was critical in giving the young Afro-Brazilian middle class a voice. So like I said, they were talking about how they were being treated, what their communities looked like, how they weren't getting enough resources, everything. And then also mm-hmm. aspiring things were being said about what they were doing with their activities and things like that. Is it still like a no. thing? Is it still? Oh, okay. Yeah, I believe it was disbanded. I think they said either in the late 1960s. I believe mm-hmm. it was the 1960s. I'm not sure about that. But I will include the link where you can actually go and look at these newspapers. They're pretty cool. In the late 1930s, O'Clarim also discussed international relations after the Brazilian mm. visit of Robert Abbott. So Robert Abbott was the publisher of the Chicago Defender in 1923. He actually came to Brazil and I guess spoke with the two co-founders mm-hmm. of O'Clarim. So in the later 1930s, O also was influenced by the ideas of marcus garvey and the universal negro improvement association which by the late 1920s circulated more broadly in the country so this was huge this was one of the first black newspapers in brazil and basically it did the doggone thing for at least 40 years so clap it up for nice. the two people that were in their 20s early 20s that created something so revolutionary
0: yeah, for sure. Wow. If I could pronounce their names, I actually would. Yeah. So like shout out I to them.
1: Jose. There we go.
0: Oh. Oh, okay. You made that sound way more difficult when you were saying them. But because I, think I was, it was saying their last full names. names. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, thank you for that trip down Black History Lane. That was pretty cool. So, DeVernon, Ver- De this bitch. Okay. We're just going to call him the Reverend. <laughs> <laughs> this bitch. <laughs> The Reverend was born sometime in 1924 in North Carolina, but moved to Manhattan, New York when he was around 12 years old with his parents. So I wasn't really able to find any information about his upbringing, his parents, even their names, even if he had siblings, I was able to, from some articles, see that he had at least one sister. So that's something. But what I did find was that almost as soon as he was able to start committing crimes, he did. In 1946, at age 22, the reverend was arrested for failing to carry his draft card. So from what I researched, yeah, I see your face, Kristen. From what I researched, a draft card is something that states like your draft status when it comes to the war. So it's like, you know, oh, you're supposed to go. You're not supposed to go. And I guess it was against the law to not have that on your person. Yeah. So he got arrested like for back that. Back then was what? It was almost World War Two time? One one. Two, yes, two in the four. Is it wasn't World War Two in like nineteen? It started like nineteen forty-three or something like that. Kayla, you something like that too much. It's it, something like that. <laughs> yeah, I think it was. You know, what I mean, I was really interested in the Holocaust and how it like traumatized me when I was nine when I heard about it. Okay, by the very next year, nineteen forty-seven, the Reverend was arrested for attempted rape. Uh oh. Yeah, I'm gonna just have to say the Vernon. Giving him that title is just, I feel like, disrespectful. (laughs) So he was arrested for attempted rape and received a suspended sentence for arranging an abortion. So at like 22, 23, he is trash. Wait a minute. He received a
1: suspended what? Sentence. Because he arranged an abortion? Correct. Okay.
0: So as he started to become more of a criminal, he started to attach himself to other criminal type, like nomadic grifters. So DeVarnan found himself working as a chauffeur for a woman named Mother Robinson until she died in 1949. After this, he started going by a fake preacher name, Daniel E. Davis, and claimed he founded the New Day Holy Church of God Mm. near the end of World War II. So I researched this name, the Daniel E. Davis and the church, and they were never found together other than referencing this case. So I'm not really sure who actually founded that church, but it could have just all been fucking lies. I wouldn't put it past him. From an early age, women seemed to be attracted to DeVernon. And at some point he figured that out Hmm. and figured that he could exploit this attraction for his own personal gain. Now, if you take a look at the pictures of DeVernon, he's fine. Okay. Hold on look at kristen look at Thank kristen you. oh my god i was about to say i my taste i don't know i'm engaged so everyone's ugly but i know in like the grand scheme of what <laughs> kristen thinks what kristen would consider fine i know she thinks they're fine.
1: i'm like his hair is doing more for him than his face is but i agree i'm
0: not mad with this he looks like he collar, has good skin yeah
1: he just looks like he's be, he'd be flossing
0: yeah definitely giving pimp vibes mm-hmm So he started procuring women, which sounds completely disgusting, but it's what he did with Helen Maloney and her sister, Sarah, being among his first women that he, you know, locked down. What is with the sisters, bro? I know, girl. And we're going to talk about some more sisters, unfortunately. DeVernon made the women dress up as nuns. Yes. Like what the whole Black habits and holding Bibles <laughs> and tambourines, bitch. No exaggeration. <laughs> and they had to me. walk Since on. when did nuns, <laughs> nuns have tambourines? tambourines. <laughs> like, I read it. I read that they had their little tambourines walking around the streets. trying to get people's attention. You know, it is what it is. They would hit department stores like Macy's and Strauss. I don't know what that is. And they even frequented subway stations from Harlem to Crown Heights. And that's where kind of like their hub was. I think Crown Heights is in Brooklyn. If you're from New York, give us a little geography and, you know, hit us up and let us know. Cause I don't know. The only rule really that the woman had was they could keep all of the money that they made in the day Except for two dollars and fifty cents, which was later raised to five dollars, which was later raised to a hundred dollars oh. a day. Holy shit! Yeah, so they had to make a specific amount of money, and that amount would go straight back to the church. So I'm going to use a lot of air quotes now.
1: They're paying mm-hmm. their
0: ties, okay? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Because he's turning this into something that he feels like he can definitely manipulate with, and like I said, you know, impersonating men of God is. A very easy scam mm-hmm. that a lot of people have done since then and probably before then. Mm-hmm. De Vernon started procuring more women and now children to do his bidding on the streets. And he was able to, sc- to scale his scheme to over a hundred grand a year, which would be close to a million dollars today. Holy <inaudible> moly. He must have some yeah. business savvy girl i mean when you're exploiting other people's work their labor you could probably do a lot with their money which is something that jeff bezos has become a god at apparently his piece mm. of shit ass paying people fucking pennies and this man taking home billions kiss my ass i'm still gonna order from amazon but kiss my ass. i mean duh <laughs> 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 fucking capitalism i'm a part of the problem right okay <laughs> I also read that at the height of the scheme, he was pulling in two hundred and fifty thousand dollars a year. That is disgusting. Like Mm -hmm, for one mm -hmm. man. Oh, yeah. For one like umbrella person. I'm sure he has followers already because he needs someone to manage all of these women and, you know, children and stuff like that. But, yeah, he's the one that's getting all the money. Child. however, however, the law caught up to de Vernon and his little cult because let's be honest, it's a either a cult or like a sex ring or something because he does have people there that are voluntarily following him, not just women he's trapped, you know. Mm-hmm. And de Vernon, his wife Helen, and her sister Sarah, and several other associates were arrested for solicitation and fraud in 1953. The women, of course, were convicted and sent to prison for several months. But DeVernon was acquitted of all charges. Mm -hmm. This is something that would become a big pattern in DeVernon's life, which is, you know, avoiding responsibility for the fucked up shit he does. In the early 1960s, DeVernon moved his little colt to 222 Brooklyn Avenue a townhouse that would become the central hub for their criminal activity and the abuse that would not only continue, but escalate. So yeah, there's your little warning of how this is going to make a real bad turn if it hasn't turned already. So by this time, the early 1960s, DeVernon already considered himself and referred to himself as a doctor and psychologist of metaphysics and theology.
1: What book did he pick up at the library and told him that he could be this? He could just pick this up.
0: Literally, he happened upon these terms and attached them to himself. Mm -hmm. He claimed to have received a doctorate in psychology and theology from some random institute in Newark, New Jersey. So people in his life weren't going to question him. They believed every fucking thing he said. So. He even hung a sign outside of the building with the name Dr. DeVernon LeGrand on it. Just sad. (laughs) It's a delusion for me. I mean,
1: people just lie. (laughs) It's the narcissism for
0: me. Like, and nobody's going to question him. No, nobody's questioning him because he's very charming. You know, he looks you in your eye when he's talking to you. You just feel like he's somebody that you can trust. Blindly trust. How do people Which do it? just sad. I suck I know, at girl. lying. So I don't know how people do it. <laughs> I suck at trusting. So I don't know how people do it. <laughs> <laughs> so DeVernon claimed to teach classes every Wednesday at 8.30 p.m. and advertised that he was an ordained minister so he could perform like funerals and weddings and stuff like that which is just not true. None of this is true. You guys, he once said, quote, I have the power of divine healing. I don't charge no salary for this. I lay my hands on you and you recover for that. You give me a blessing. End quote.
1: Oh, that makes me sick.
0: Like those are the type of people that
1: you're going directly (laughs) to hell like (laughs) on a slope. You know what I'm saying? Like, how dare you use the church,
0: which a lot of people do. Like, this is real. Oh, Kristen. Oh, this is everyday stuff. So by this point, DeVernon has titled his new church St. John's Church of Our Lord. And at one point, police were looking into this church because they were suspicious that it was used just as a cover to mask the fraud that was going on. Which is like anybody with plain eyes could see that something was fucking going on. Mm -hmm. Wrong all that money they're bringing in. Like, let's keep it real. You know what I'm saying? There were even wild parties that would happen at the church with drunk men and women coming out at late hours and even fighting in the streets. (laughs) And somehow the investigation went nowhere. Just nothing happened. Nothing happened, bitch. I don't even know if he legally established his little group or whatever as a church for because you know churches get tax breaks and stuff like mm-hmm. that i don't even know if he legally did that so who really fucking knows it's it's new york in the 1950s
1: right he probably paid the cops off to be real
0: girl we'll get there so what it seems like to me is DeVernon realized that it's easy to scam people when you use god as a cover. And I feel like that's something he may have learned from that Mother Robinson woman Mm -hmm. he was working Mm -hmm. for back in 1949. Good piece. Because if you call yourself mother, I feel like you're already giving yourself kind of this holier than thou, uplifted ideal of yourself. For sure. Rumors started floating around that DeVernon would pick up young girls in his Cadillac, And this is a a souped up Cadillac, y'all. It had its own bar inside. It was driven by a chauffeur, so he was just looking popping in the back. And he would promise these girls like a grand life, but really he was just luring them in with lies and threatening to beat them if they didn't go along with the fake nun panhandling scheme. Mm -hmm. He would, yeah, he would also treat them as his sexual concubines. And impregnate the girls and the women in order to keep them under his control. So now we're officially a cult. Textbook controlling man. Put a baby in her and I have her forever. Ew. Ugh, how disgusting. He'd also pump them full of booze and drugs like angel dust. And if you don't know what angel dust is, bitch, it's PCP. Like, something you just don't fuck around with.
1: No, and you'll trip. That's that heavy
0: stuff. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, that's that heavy stuff. But again, no one really felt they could do anything about it. Until some of the women and girls started to disappear. Uh Uh-oh. It wasn't until September 1st, 1965, that things took a serious turn. Because this was the day Brooklyn police raided the four-story townhouse. And yes, let's just talk about that. That townhouse was... Really nice. It looks like it's definitely worth some real money today, you know. Mm-hmm. So they stormed the house around eight thirty in the morning on September first, according to a detective, Michael Lizzo, who was present when the search warrant was served. He said, "Quote: The first thing I saw were bare women running all over the place. So what? bare meaning, I guess, naked.
1: Naked. It's a mm-hmm. whore house.
0: Oh my God, these are not whores." They don't want to be there.
1: What I'm saying is, you never know if he's the only one that is concubining them or other people.
0: Well, like, yeah, because they're being abused. Doing. These women are being abused. Mm-hmm. So we kind of have to, like, pay attention to our verbiage because these females are not there willingly anymore.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay. Scratch the whorehouse. I don't know what you call a house where people don't want to be there. So... Just just call it I hell. mean...
0: It's four stories of hell. Literally four stories of hell. There we go. That works. Of the 11 women that were present during the raid, seven of them were pregnant. Wow. Seven of the women. Police counted 47 children on the premises in this damn house. And all the kids present shared an uncanny resemblance to... De Vernon himself. So basically all these children were De Vernon's. And I would say some of them could be his grandchildren because at this point De Vernon's like 42 or 43. But De Vernon himself later bragged that he fathered at least 50 children. So who really knows the damn truth? Wow. What brought police to 222 Brooklyn Avenue was the report of three women who'd gone missing and were last seen in 1963. Anna Sorris, Mary Horan, and Lulu King were all associated with the Legrand clan at one point and hadn't been seen since they moved into the townhouse. So I read that Anne was his first wife, but who knows, he probably had like multiple wives at one time because remember he was married to Helen and mm-hmm. stuff like that. So I'm not really sure. A woman named Bernice Williams, who thankfully survived her time in that house, claimed that she was held prisoner for a week without access to food. Oh, wow. So women are coming forward and talking about their experiences. Another woman named Betty Jean Davis claimed that DeVernan threatened her with a gun in June of 1964. And a woman named Ernestine Timmons, who I read was his second wife, said she'd been assaulted by DeVernan who assaulted her around the head and body with his fists and a stick. So he beat her. <sighs> A poor woman, and her name's going to come up again later in the case. I have nothing to say. Police must have had good reason to think that these three women were no longer alive because they headed down to the house's cellar and started to dig. They were looking for human remains, but instead only found stolen weapons, marijuana, and enough evidence to arrest DeVernon for the kidnap of Bernice Williams. Okay. So... Yeah, they found some stuff. And I'm like, even finding those stolen weapons and marijuana, that's a charge that they should definitely be throwing at DeVernon easily, you know, on top of the kidnapping charge. A neighbor described a situation they witnessed saying, quote, I heard a scream. A woman from the house ran down the block. DeVernon came after her and yelled, come back. She stopped dead, turned around and came back. He slapped her. And then they went into the house together. Oh my gosh. That reminds me of, remember the case, Kayla, go back in your brain. The Marcus Weston case. And he had like a house full of women and one woman tried to escape and he ran out to the porch. Mm -hmm. The other woman in the house ran and got her, brought her back. And -hmm. then they all went back in the house. Mm -hmm. It just... If I witness that, I'm like, okay, this female is obviously trying to escape and she's not being allowed to. And yet I do nothing. It's so
1: crazy, though, because like she literally was running down the street and then all he says is come yes. back and she stops. Like, yep. what did he have of hers? Probably some kids like who knows? But, oh, like, yeah, girl. He had oh, something yeah. Over her that she was this close to being gone. And all he had to say was one word for her to come back. Yep. Two words.
0: Yep. Which is so sad. The man is obviously sick as hell and just violent and controlling and needs to be locked the fuck up. And that's what the prosecution is trying to do. At least from what I could research and see, they really were trying to do the the best that they could with the cases that they were brought. But that was the problem. They weren't being brought everything. A lot of stuff was just being swept under the rug, which is just fucking awful. But the prosecution was confident that they'd be able to make the charges stick. But. That didn't happen. The charges evaporated into thin air because witnesses started refusing to testify. Mm. So once again, De Vernon had escaped jail time he so desperately deserves.
1: And he, it, this is just building up his confidence. He's like,
0: oh, like I'm oh, untouchable. Yeah. Are you kidding me? Oh my gosh! It's if he was a narcissist before, who the fuck is he now? He's think probably thinks he's God himself. He returned to his little cult and kept running business as usual. In 1968, which was three years later, a woman named Kathleen Kennedy filed a rape charge against him. I saw details about how he, I think, broke into her house and unfortunately raped her. And then she was able to escape, which was great. But he was never he was never prosecuted for it. And she ended up being one of his wives and became the mother of two of his children. (sighs) Oh, this is so sick.
1: uh... What does a man need to tell a woman for her to lose her mind?
0: Like, I would love to know. I feel like it's mostly fear. Like, you, you, he attracts these broken women and not to, not speaking any ill will or, you know, negatively toward these women. Hey, I've been broken at a point, you know, and he finds them in like this vulnerable state, promises them the world. And when they get into the house or whatever, everything fucking changes. Mm-hmm. And when you're watched 24 seven, controlled 24 seven, how do you get out of that? Well, two years later in 1970, Ernestine Timmons, remember her? She was one of the women that accused DeVernon of assault in 1965. Well, she disappeared. mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Her furiously concerned father pulled up to the townhouse to confront DeVernon. So he knew where she was supposed to be. Right. And he brought a pistol with him, bitch. Period. Get ready. Pulled up with the pew pew. And he actually shot Dervin several times. Period. <laughs> 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 okay. But unfortunately, that. he survived. <laughs> mhm. Mm-hmm. But another member of the church unfortunately didn't survive. So that part is unfortunate Dang. and hit surviving is unfortunate. Which I'm thinking, as soon as I thought about that situation, I was like, he probably took that poor church member and like put him in front of him to shield him from the bullets. Wouldn't I surprise that me. In the church slightest.
1: member wasn't a child
0: girl because there was no explicit details about who the person was. And as you guys will see, there's basically no pictures of any of these women. I mean, I couldn't find anything. And I know this happened back in 19, you know, 50s and stuff like that. But good lord. No newspapers could include the pictures of these women that were, you know, disappearing. Like, this is fishy to me. Another question
1: I have, because I'm looking at a picture now, and I wonder how many men were in that house. If he
0: allowed men to be there. He did. He did. He allowed men to be there. Like I said before, there are members of his church that are voluntarily there. So it's just a shit show, Kristen. It's a shit show. De Vernon and his cult and his nun scheme were all thriving so much so that he actually purchased some land for them and called it the Legrand Acres. Mm. The Legrand Acres was a 58 acre estate in White Sulphur Springs, where he boasted of horseback riding and swimming and fishing, just basically like a summer camp that would of hell, <laughs> a summer camp from hell. But all these cool things will attract children, you know, More young children. adults, mm-hmm. stuff like that, and that's exactly what he was trying to do. But neighbors of the Lagrand Acre started to become super suspicious when they started hearing the sound of gunfire, wailing children, shouting women, and trampled crops. I'm not really I don't know what the fuck that means. Like, what but. does that sound like? A trampled I don't crop know, girl. I have no idea who's trampling in the horses, maybe. I don't know. And when the residents complained to the state authorities, nothing was ever done about it, leading them to believe that DeVernon has some local, like, crooked cops in his pocket. I said what I said earlier. With all the kids he got, he probably had some to infiltrate the local police department, in my opinion, at the very least. So, and if you don't hate these people enough already... There were even horses that would be brutally beaten on the property, and just left to starve. Like this shit is pissing me off, guys. I really try not to get too emotionally invested and angry, but (laughs) look at her. Look at her. (laughs) When when animals come into the picture, I black out, bitch. Like Like, I don't know
1: leave them alone
0: Ugh. it's already horrible that it takes a sadistic type of
1: person to not only feed off of women but broken women quote unquote or yeah. women who don't see their value and children mm-hmm. and then you go on to animals like what
0: are you doing being a piece of shit <sighs> being exactly what he claims he isn't he's claiming he's a man of gods but he's clearly the spawn of satan Bye. Mm-hmm. It would be another four years of inflicting abuse on not only the women, but also the children before DeVernon would have another run in with the law. On August 22nd, 1974, DeVernon and his son, Mm Nakanda, Yes, yes. (laughs) They both raped a 17 year old girl at the townhouse on Brooklyn Avenue, and she bravely reported the attack to police. The women that are coming out, I'm telling you, they're so brave. I can't even imagine.
1: Yeah, because it's not just that they're coming against DeVernon and his, you know, his son. What about all the women in that house that are probably telling them not to speak up,
0: not to talk? Right. Yeah. Just so sad. This time, police had two teenage witnesses, two sisters, one 18-year-old Gladys Stewart and 16-year-old Yvonne Rivera. So Gladys was married to another of Legrand's children, a man named Daryl Stewart, and Yvonne was just her younger sister. The two were present the day of the attack, and they said they heard the screams and then witnessed what happened to the girl. After this, they said they secretly started to plan an escape from the cult. And according to their mother, who had been begging them for months to escape, she was just overwhelmed with joy knowing that her, you know, children would come home and out of danger. She was later quoted to have said he had them under his power. He was an evil man. I don't know how he managed to hold them under his spell. I begged them to leave him, but they wouldn't listen. So even the people closest to these women are truly confused. That's why I'm like, I have no answer as to how the fuck someone is able to control someone's life like this. I have no idea.
1: It makes me think of Nelly. I mean, not Nelly, R. Kelly, and like, oh what, yeah, girl. You know those women that were vouching for him and what their parents mm-hmm. felt. Their parents should be locked up with
0: R. Kelly, to be yeah. fair, because it was all based on like, oh, I want my girl, my daughter, to, to be, famous, be famous. So famous. do whatever you want to her. It's just fucked up. And don't even email for us some about what the you parents think.
1: That weren't like that. I'm just saying, like, just to see what you have done, and then be like. How can I get this person out? I'm sure for every parent, there is some type of, did I do something wrong to cause my child to run into the arms of a
0: crazy person? Yeah. Yeah. So thanks to Gladys and Yvonne, both De Vernon and Nakondo were convicted of rape in February 1975. So yay, a conviction. That's fine. nakondo was sentenced to eight years in prison, which is bullshit. And De Vernon got 5 to 15. Now, okay. follow me closely, y'all. Take my hand and come on this ride with me. The two girls were set to testify against De Vernon again for a separate bribery charge in September of that year. And they did. And he was found guilty on that charge, too. So, okay. two brave queens. Shout out to you, Gladys and Yvonne. Period. Period. The following month, they were due to testify against him again. So they are just like the perfect smoking gun that every prosecution wants and needs. Mm-hmm. They were going to testify against him in a different rape case. Okay. At this, t- at this time, the prosecution felt really confident that they'd be able to nail the son of a bitch again. But that didn't happen because by October, literally weeks later, the two Rivera sisters had disappeared. No. <laughs> yes
1: like did they not have these women in witness protection like you're literally going to use them as your smoky gun for almost every case against this man you're not going to have a witness protection i didn't
0: even think about that like hello witness protection at the very fucking least when they're literally the girls are doing your job for you like putting these men away the least you could do is make sure they're safe
1: yes
0: they disappeared oh what does that mean oh my gosh girl we're gonna get to it the trial, however, still went on after having another witness come forward saying they knew what happened to the two girls. The police knew something had to be done, but weren't sure if it was in their juris- jurisdiction. So like in Brooklyn or that of Sullivan County, which is the county that the uh, Grand Acres is in. Okay. But really, who fucking cares what jurisdiction it's in? Doggone it. Go find them damn children. So in early March of 1976, a team of diggers were sent up to La Grande Acres, and after digging for days, they found nothing. But then on March 6th, divers took to the lake by the property, and they found what they were looking for. They found the charred, dismembered remains of Gladys and Yvonne at the bottom of the lake.
1: This has my
0: heart. Yeah, this is not going to be fun.
1: And then y'all wonder why people don't want to snitch. Look what happens. Look what fucking happens. Them risking their lives and
0: their lives were taken in this chance. Especially in situations like these where your life is threatened damn near every single day by this monster and his followers. So they were just so brave. And for what, you know, I read that they found another set of remains as well, but I wasn't able to like verify that as Bible. So I didn't want to present it you know as such Devernon vernon legrand was indicted for murder on march 12th 1976 and the prosecution had a smoking gun for a witness a woman named kathleen kennedy okay. so you guys remember her she was remember she was one of his wives the one he like forcibly raped yep. and then married her to get rid of the rape charge yeah she was working for the prosecution like Over time and even testified that quote, my husband killed them. Period. Period. She went on to say, the girls, they were cut up after they were killed. And well, you talk to Frankie, he knows what happened. So mm -hmm. Okay, and who is Frankie? Let me tell you who Frankie is. Frank Holman was considered the caretaker. And according to Kathleen, he was in charge of disposing the bodies himself. So Frank Holman had joined the church after, listen to this, working as an assistant in the Brooklyn Medical Examiner's Office, bitch. Hmm. So exactly what he needed. Comes back to that real corrupt whole situation, whole department, somebody that worked for the Medical Examiner's Office, someone that would have done autopsies or assisted in autopsies on women like this is now a part of his church and doing his dirty work.
1: Exactly what DeVern
0: needed was a man like Can't this. Can't make that shit up. Can't make that shit up. When police talked to Frankie, he went way further into detail about what happened to the women. On October 3rd, there was apparently an argument after DeVernon found out that the sisters had turned state witness again. Which it's like, okay, Kristen. How the fuck was he not in jail after just being convicted of kidnapping? and rape like on some real shit how is he out of jail i don't get it it's the same
1: question i had about the case that i made about i think it was john errol ferguson how he was literally convicted of killing and yet he was still out on the streets what
0: sense does that make like what is the what is law enforcement what is it (laughs) what is the point (laughs) oh my freaking good lord
1: somebody had to have been corrupt and it was more than frank
0: girl yes it definitely was according to frankie de Vernon said quote that bitch is complaining too much i'm going to take care of her right now and end all this bullshit mm. Mm. Ugh. he then told frankie to gather about 60 members to the townhouse and to not let them leave for hours frankie said quote while I was watching so that nobody left, I heard the screams of a woman. Mm-hmm. And then he said to keep the church attendees from like panicking from the noise, Frank led them in a church hymn.
1: Girl. I mean, Kristen. How oh disgusting my gosh? this
0: get? If this doesn't make you want to question what your pastor believes, <laughs> like in how they're living their life, I don't know what will.
1: Like just. Because this shit off. is dark keep your eyes woke bro because the devil yes. comes in all shapes and sizes oh yeah evil is real like regardless of you believe in
0: whatever you believe in evil is real
1: yeah and we're not saying that all churches are like this we're saying that no, you just no, no, need no. to be aware of who you are allowing to lead you be led yeah.
0: okay the right way. yeah e- yeah then one of de vernon's daughters bursted into the church room and screamed daddy's stepping all over gladys <gasps> yeah oh my god Ugh. kayla
1: just the I verbiage
0: know. of what you just said just i know gave you. you yeah it gave me like real bad visuals and stomach pain apparently Stephen, which was a stepson of De Vernon and De Vernon himself stomped the two girls to death for over two hours like where do you even get the fuck off where how do you e- all right
1: I need a moment of silence. Yeah, we'll take it. Let's take
0: it. The church members or literal hostages at this point weren't able to leave until around 2.30 a.m. when DeVernon came out and was like, oh, it's okay, everyone can go. DeVernon then told Frankie to transport, quote, two garbage cans in the backyard with the covers on up to White Sulfur Springs. So Frankie basically was like okay it's two thirty a.m and he asked can't this wait till the morning to which homeboy replied quote no get your ass moving right now so frankie knew he couldn't frankie, say shit thinking, after that
1: you already knew when you was holding people hostage you heard the screams you heard the little girl when she came up in there
0: oh yeah and frankie was like i know what type of man this is like i know who i'm dealing with so i'm not even going to fight him anymore you know, and asked like, oh, I want to do it in the morning. I want to wait. Like, no, he knew that he needed to go do it
1: now or he could possibly be fucking next. Right, in the same
0: garbage cans. Good Lord. Kathleen even shared that she heard DeVernon say to a group of his daughters, quote, let me tell you something. You all remember Gladys, daughter or no daughter, you'll join the bitch. You know what I do with bitches? I burn them, end quote like square the fuck up I who are you talking saying. to one two three four five six i would have never lasted in that bitch
1: period is that a joke we wouldn't have even
0: been up in there oh
1: i see Lord. the lies of the jedi let me tell you something like i would ugh, i would have all them girls like we would all band together i'm 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 creating mm-hmm. a secret society like are you kidding me and you're oh, stomping yeah. out women for two hours okay
0: Mm, bet just wait (laughs) bet just wait oh yeah go to bed who's watching your door at night right while you're like trying to you know have sex with all of us i'm gonna slit your throat
1: and then he sits there and he drags his sons into the behavior
0: kayla yeah yeah girl oh yeah just evil fucking person so it gets worse frankie said he loaded the garbage cans and a box stuffed with women's clothing into a ford station wagon When they arrived at La Grande Acres, Frankie said, quote, DeVernon told me to fill an old bathtub with benzene and empty what was in the garbage cans into the tub, which was outdoors and near the barn. And what he found in the cans were, quote, large plastic bags filled with body parts. And he said that he even saw Yvonne's head in there. Yeah. Good Lord. Based on his prior medical experience, because Frankie literally has training, he said he believed the girls were dissected with a sharp knife, followed by an axe, a cleaver, a large knife, or a saw. So, yeah, some really horrible graphic stuff. The only saving grace is that they weren't alive when this started. That's it. Right. Then the parts were set on fire, burning for two hours in a large stone barbecue pit behind the main house. Frankie was then ordered to dump the ashes and other remains into the lake. And he did what he was told.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: He said he also never forgot one other thing Legrand said. Quote, that little bitch Yvonne came down here to see her sister and I got her too. End quote. (laughs) is horrible it's like he's thriving he is thriving in this evilness and we've talked about a lot of evil people but for some reason this is next level like this is it's disgusting sick.
1: because it's like you're i think the worst part about it is like you're parading around as if you're something that you are absolutely not and yeah. then so to see a man and then see the dark, twisted things that lie underneath of what he's doing, it just makes you like it makes me want to throw up like I'm repulsed. Yes. Oh, yeah, for sure. How do you feign love for
0: someone you actually really hate? How do you I do mean, that? psychopaths, bitch, you'll fake it till they make it. Kathleen Legrand and Frank Holman's statements, along with the remains found at Legrand Acres, and other incriminating evidence found at the townhouse, which included two hacksaws, three blood-stained bedsheets, a twenty two caliber rifle, 11 shells, and a pair of scissors. So there was a bunch of stuff there that just, I guess, screamed there's violence that goes on here. So all of this combined set the prosecution's case in stone against De Vernon and Stephen. On March 6th, 1977, exactly one year after the girl's bodies were found, DeVernon and Steven were found guilty of the murders and sentenced to 25 years to life. Thank you. Like, are you kidding me? How is this not a death penalty case? Thank you, girl. Thank you. I don't know if New York does a death penalty, and I damn sure don't know what they were doing in 1977, Mm -hmm. but this was definitely something that he should have received life for Easy, especially after his other conviction for rape and kidnapping. Like, are you taking the piss? Mm-hmm. According to the Daily News, neither man showed much emotion at the verdict. DeVernon Legrand died at Greenhaven Correctional Facility in 2006 at the age of 82. Wow.
1: Hey, Ann Barr. Hey, Karen Beatty. What is a promo? Oh, what's a promo? You know, like where we talk about what we do on our podcast. On our sugar-coated murder podcast? That's the one. Like how we love to bake and talk about murder? Two of our favorite things. Yes. Yes, that's what we need to talk about. There you go. I think we've talked about it. Is that our promo? It could be our promo. I think that's a great promo. I do too. And we don't have enough time to drop the F-bomb and say sorry, Mama. (gasps) True that. Perfect. There's our promo. Promo done. Y'all find us. On all your favorite listening apps. Stay
0: sweet. And don't murder.
1: Because if you kill people. We will talk about you.
0: Bye, bye. Bye. At his parole board hearing in 2001. So this was after he already served 25 years. DeVernon still claimed he didn't do anything wrong. Mm-hmm. And that his conviction was the result of lying witnesses. <laughs> so I'm it like doesn't. It's. It's not. It's not good enough for you to like murder and abuse and impregnate and manipulate and beat women right now you have to lie on them for years and get away with it yes and now you have to lie on them he said quote i was a minister and i liked a lot of women kristen
1: like you're a
0: pimp kristen you're a You're a fucking trash bag. Put me in a room with him. I swear to God.
1: Like, just imagine if one day society allowed the family of the people that they, you know, the person has Mm -hmm. killed or whatever, just get in 20 seconds in the same room with Mm -hmm. that person.
0: Mm. He said he never met the woman he was convicted of raping. He blamed the sister's killing on Gladys's husband. And in regards to Ernestine, he said, quote, she's in Africa she left and went to africa end quote you're sick you're sick. just and he was Foul. sick up until and, the day he died and i'm gonna be honest he lived way too long but you know evil apparently thrives on this fucking planet so it doesn't surprise me at all mm-hmm. so naturally his parole was denied and the commissioner said quote Your conduct indicates a depraved indifference for human life and no respect for the law.
1: Period. Period. Amongst many other things about
0: you. Oh yeah. Yeah. I hope they read him for filth and this was just a snippet someone grabbed. (sighs) District Attorney Michael Gold believed that DeVernon was responsible for the deaths, for the deaths of as many as 20 women and girls. The, the list included three wives, two of his stepchildren, the Stewart sisters, Gladys and Yvonne, and two male employees of his church. So we're going to talk about them in a little bit, actually, those two male employees. So it was really, really hazy, the details that I found surrounding Anne Soros's death. Remember, she was one of his wives. And mm-hmm. I saw in some places he was charged with three murders. I saw in some places he was charged with four. I was able to find that De Vernon was charged in the murder of Ernestine Timmons and was convicted in 1977 for her death. So he was down for three of the murders. Happy about that. A 15-year-old named Elizabeth Brown was picked up by DeVernon at a Queens amusement park in 1974 and was never seen again after 1977. Yeah. So she's presumed to be deceased as well. Like, where are their bodies? Girl, he's... I mean, the only... I think the only reason why Gladys and... Yvonne were found were because they were witnesses and the prosecution were actually looking for them you know mm-hmm. the very next year Stephen Strong aka Stephen Legrand remember the guy that was found guilty for the Rivera sister murders too yes. mm-hmm. he was found guilty along with one of his brothers named Aaron Legrand for the murders of 22 year old Jeffrey Miranda and 49 year old Howard Tippins So those were like the two church members. Apparently those men were responsible for finding new women. Basically they were acting as kind of like pimps, right? the lower level pimps. Mm -hmm. And the two men were both shot once in the chest and once in the head with either a 32 or a 38 caliber pistol. They apparently killed the two men in 1974 as revenge for the kidnap and rape Yeah. And holding of one of the Legrand women. So I guess they just like took one of the women for themselves Mm -hmm. and did whatever they wanted and then held them for ransom as well, which was not smart because DeVernon doesn't give a shit about these women. Right. So that was a mistake. And at the end of the day, they got killed because they disrespected, you know, Mm -hmm. it was a respect thing. Mm -hmm. So they lost their lives. Steven and, uh, Aaron were found guilty for that. So I'm happy about that a total of 23 women and church members went missing during their stay at 222 Brooklyn Avenue. And a lot of those women, we still don't know what happened. Wow. Just heartbreaking.
1: Well, we don't know if we can even say rest in peace to some of these women. We don't know, but just in case rest in
0: peace to some of these rest in peace to these women, good Lord. And these church members, The church is now named St. Joseph's Church of Christ and Home and is still operating out of 222 Brooklyn Avenue. Police run up on the townhouse every couple of years looking for (laughs) apparently more dead bodies that are rumored to be buried somewhere on the premises, which I feel like is kind of illegal. Like you can't just pop up because you feel like, oh, somebody said a rumor 25 years ago, so we're going to keep checking. Like that's not how that works.
1: Yeah, I don't know. Maybe they're just saying, oh, we're attending church type stuff, like a loophole to get around that mess.
0: The people that live there now even want a case against the city because of the raids that were happening. Oh, and this wow. was like, yeah, they were doing raids up until like 2016.
1: Oh, there was wow. a payout.
0: Exactly. There was a payout of $27,000 to one of DeVern's sons named Laverson. Good Lord. Good lord! The sixty-nine-year-old man was allegedly falsely arrested during one of the raids, mm-hmm. Wow. Mm-hmm. so he got he won twenty-seven thousand fucking dollars, and now the church is supposedly being run by Nakonda Legrand, the mm-hmm. same fucking rapist that was found guilty for kidnapping and raping Bernice Williams. Talk about a family mm-hmm. legacy—just horrible. As recently as 2010, a woman named Mindy LeGrand was found soliciting in a subway station dressed as a nun. And this, yes, there is a picture of Yeah, her. look at her. Yeah, That's they didn't mess. discriminate. Yeah, their girls were white, black, Hispanic, everything. She claims to be the daughter of De Vernon, but I also read she was married to one of his sons, Nakanda. Mm-hmm. But both of these things could honestly be true. <sighs> When questioned, she said she was raising money to pay taxes. Then she said she was raising money for an orphanage that doesn't even exist. So it seems like the police are still keeping an eye out on the Legrand clan. And it seems like they have to. Because she's still doing the same (laughs) schemes. Oh, yeah. I'm like, where is the where is the fucking IRS? Right. Where is any like tax auditing happening or anything like this? According to one of DeVernon's sons named Yes, I'm pausing because this is fucking ridiculous. Q q, q mentors, quo mentors. Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna put the spelling. (laughs) Let's see that. Let's try that for ourselves. I was about to say, if you're on Patreon, I'm going to include the spellings of this hot rotisserie. So that person claimed that the church is well liked amongst the youth of the area today and that the church cared for orphans and provided childcare. But when the police ran up in the place, there was no evidence of any of that happening. Mm -hmm. He also claimed that nine of the orphans were away at camp at the Legrand Acres. They still have one acres. Why the fuck do they still have that when there were dead bodies found Found. on the property? What are we talking about? That's disgusting. I don't understand. Like, I don't fucking get it. I don't fucking get it. So 41-year-old Vernon Legrand Jr., so one of his sons was found shot to death on February thirteenth, nineteen eighty nine, at around three a.m. in Crown Heights. Uh-oh. His body was found. Mm-hmm, his body was found in an area known for the selling of crack cocaine. So mm-hmm. he may have been into some funny shit because we know mm-hmm. that they had some marijuana on their property, so they were probably selling some drugs too. Mm-hmm. And then one last thing: forty nine year old Sh- 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 Shiyama legrand told pix11 news in a 2014 interview that quote she wanted to find out the truth about her mother her mother was bernice williams so remember she was the one that filed you know the the rape charges and stuff like that but apparently she's been missing she's among the missing women too and shayama said that the last time she saw her mother was when she was four years old good lord she Lord, I'm say she gone, shayana She she
1: unfortunately, good sis, she's probably gone, and that can mean anything. That can mean she ran for her dog on life. That can mean she's not with us anymore. But yeah, I just, just cannot. Really she that just wants to know people. the truth. Yeah, she's just like, just let me know. Just give me closure. Yeah,
0: yeah. this is my damn mother. Hello. So that's heartbreaking, but to end on a lighter note, let's make fun of some of his children's names. Mm -hmm. So let's start with the men. We got Nakanda. We got Koi Mentors. We got Largarthuki. Let's stop it. Let's just stop it. (laughs) We got Clavel.
1: Okay, which
0: Clavel I kind of like. Yeah. We 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 got. Prasadis, Prasades, Lord help us all. Darfarthrus, Darfaithrus, and then Centrodon, C- Sertrodon. You know what I'm going
1: to say? <laughs> I'm going to say this man had no business. He had no business. He was trying to be something special to the point yeah. where you even name your kids like they done came out of a fairy tale book. Like, I don't <laughs> understand. And, and honestly if i was one of his children like that shyama LeGrand, bitch, i would have been changed my last name you got me messed up oh yeah oh yeah i don't, Ugh, be I don't want any with association with
0: this fucking LeGrand unless clan. i'm receiving
1: a payout for god knows what
0: if anything i'm going what to do deal? i deserve
1: right i was about to say
0: i <laughs> i may have been involved with some shit i don't know bitch i don't know her life i don't want to talk about her life but mm-hmm. her name is crazy and you know, I really hope she. <laughs> I really hope she gets the truth about her mother. For goodness' sake, she deserves yeah. that. Among some of the daughters' names is Vidurwa, mm. and then we got Shyama, and then we got Teaserlene. So it's literally the word teaser, and then L E N E. Then we got Tashina, which is cute. Then we got Yathalia. not bad, and then Tachildayas. Okay. to to chill the to, to chill the the okay and then <laughs> and when asked about their origin DeVernon said it's biblical you're a liar <laughs> show me one <laughs> okay Okay, let's let's take a second like that's, that's in the biblical. bible
1: cuz uh, that he got that straight from the bible i feel like yothalia cut it out girl
0: bible yeah that's bible but some of these are not must be real some of these sound like chemicals that they put in our food to preserve it <laughs> some of these like, sound like they came out of star wars for being real <laughs> <laughs> well rest in peace to all the victims known and unknown if you guys feel like shit more should have been done just like we do let us know dm us you know message us your thoughts about this case that's the end of our case thank the lord i'm starving it is 7 50 in the morning
1: yeah and yes if you ever thought that your name was pretty crappy just be thankful okay there's <laughs> something that's always worse that's out
0: there there you go there you go and remember be safe protect your peace and protect, and your, protect space, your space honey ciao so Before we don't we have, have to, to cover, cover your, your, your
1: case bye
0: bye you
1: have a right to kill me you have a right to do that no right to judge me.